Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so today we have Dave Matheny, the owner of Silencer Shop, inside the studio. Also, we're going to talk about uh, Made in Texas suppressors. I want to talk about, man, uh, Crowbar in Austin, that little bar, what happened uh, last month and what happened this past weekend as well. We're going to talk about Georgia, the U.S. Senate runoff election. We'll talk about that much later. And then also want to get into, three, you know, 300 guns were stolen, Zach? From where? Oh, we're going to find that find out a little Not later. Not from you. No, no way. Uh, and then, man, a police officer was stabbed, you know, and, and sent to the hospital. I'm uh, going to talk about that. Um, also, gun hidden in chicken at airport. A gun hidden in a chicken at the airport. That's terrible. <laughs> I just don't know what to say. And also, we're going to go to Connecticut, talk about what's going on in Connecticut. Also, we're going to travel over to Oregon and talk about what's happening there. But before we get into all that, I want to talk to you about silencers or suppressors. And, you know, we have Dave Matheny inside the studio, and Dave is going to tell us about, man, he's, he's got a lot of information. I want to talk about e-forms. I want to talk about NFA items. I want to talk about, you know, trust and all the good kind of stuff because we get all these questions and – Zach, this year, you know, we had some really weird things happen. Well, we actually had people die, and we actually had their items, you know, inside the store. And so it, it, we had to, you know, face the reality of what do you do when someone passes away? And what do you do if they don't have a trust, you know, and they pass away? Because you had NFA items, right? Right. We're talking about a suppressor, a machine gun. You know, what do you do with that item? So we had to deal with that this year. And so, man. Uh, we're trying to, you know, I'm not an attorney and I can't give it legal advice, but, you know, you really got to think about the process. You know, you, we don't expect something to happen to us. We don't expect to get sick. We don't expect to get arrested. 
you know, but if you do, you got to have a plan of what you're going to do with your NFA item, your National Firearms Act item, your machine gun, your suppressor, your short barrel rifle, uh, short barrel shotgun, uh, your zip gun, your AOW. What are you going to do with those items if something happens to you? So uh, welcome, Dave. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? Outstanding. So, you know, Dave, first tell us, you know, what is up with the Made in Texas suppressor? You know, that that has been a very confusing topic, and it's because the goal of that law was, honestly, I think fantastic. You know, I think trying to, in a lot of ways, undermine the NFA, which I think is, is a good goal. The problem is it's also created a lot of confusion because ATF, they've done this in other states. Kansas had a similar law. Multiple people ended up going to prison for about 10 years for trying to follow the, the letters of those laws. Mm. Uh, the ATF has come in and said they will continue to enforce in Texas. So you're sort of gambling right now wow. if, if you go down this road. Now, having said that, the uh, state of Texas is suing. If this lawsuit goes through, which more than likely will be years down the road, but if it does, there's a possibility that this could make the whole NFA, you know, to some extent fall apart. Right. Because you'll start seeing these laws pop up everywhere. Correct. But as it stands right now, personally, I would not risk it. And I, I don't expect it to be something even in the medium future that it'll be any difference at all. Right. So you're saying right now, let's let's let it work through the courts first before you go ahead and make your suppressor. Man, I'm just saying I wouldn't be the test case. <laughs> if it were yeah, you have to have a test case, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the, the test cases in Kansas are in prison. Mm. So it's a, I, w- I would not. I would not set myself up to be that federal but, prison, right? Federal prison, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's not what, a fun place. No, that's what we've been telling people. You know, don't do it. Don't try it. Yeah. You know, let's wait until the Texas AG, you know, fight this out for us. You know, and once they work that out, then we'll know what we can do. That's uh, right. Because ATF released a letter, and ATF said, "Hey, you know, we know Texas passed a made in Texas suppressor law. Unfortunately, that still goes against the federal law. Suppressors are, you know, a pretty much governed." Um, and, you know, maintained by the ATF. So they've got to be registered. you got to get a tax stamp. you got to go through the process and fill out the paperwork and wait for your approval, and they've got to be registered with the federal government. That's right, exactly. Does there have to be a test case in order for this to, pro- to progress? No, no, they're no. suing it already. But okay. I'm saying you don't want to be the test case yeah. that they're they're – prosecuting you yeah because you lose that you lose you lose that you go to federal prison. yeah the, the stakes are very high that, that's one you just don't you don't want to mess with and like i said it's it's unfortunate because it's the goal is good but the the confusion has caused has not been positive right in, in my opinion right especially yep. for those guys in kansas right yeah that's right <laughs> all right so dave uh, what is the good and bad with e-forms you know because right now you can well last year we were doing our Form 4 on paper. That's right. And submitting it that way. And now this year, we've gone to e-forms. And yep. you guys were very instrumental in that. Yeah. You know, e-forms has is, is also been sort of a mixed bag. And, and we talked to ATF a lot before it launched. Even in the, about two months ago, I was at ATF headquarters. We spent a lot of time talking about e-forms then. The goal from ATF, and they've actually been directed, Department of Justice has directed the ATF to have all their forms approved within 90 days, any forms. When they went out the gate, they expected that to be the case, but it it clearly has not been. They're up to about seven months now. Right. Mm. Uh, what they were saying is they're trying to get their paper backlog caught up until they want to get all the paper forms approved through the end of last December. 
and then they'll refocus their efforts on e-forms again. So I expect those times with e-forms to start dropping. Right. I do think also the process that, that they've set up with e-forms has not been ideal. I mean, the certification process, even before I went live, I thought this, this is not going to be cool. Mm. But having said that, people have adapted to it and people are starting to figure it out. We have a new system coming, hopefully in Q1 of next year, that should simplify that even more, the certification process. But it's a, yeah, I mean, times, wait times are, anybody who's in this business knows that wait times are key. If you could be approved in seven days, we'd sell 10 times more mm, silencers. That's right. But as wait times creep back up to the six, seven month mark, right. the excitement of reforms has sort of died off with it. Right. right. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've done, we're a small shop and we've done over 200 e-forms already. Uh, this year, and we submitted them all, all through, and everything. Yeah, I wouldn't say you guys are a small shop. You guys are holding your own. <laughs> yeah, we've we've done pretty good. Um, so just so you know, when we talk about e forms, so when you get a suppressor, you get a machine gun or something like that, one of the NFA items, you have to fill out paperwork. You have to fill out a form four uh, and get a tax stamp. You have to pay a two hundred dollar fee for that, a, a tax, and. You have to get your fingerprints done, take your photo, and you can get a trust. We're going to talk about that a little later or not. And then you submit that paperwork to the ATF once they approve you in about 90 days to yeah, whenever. Uh, then you can walk back into the gun store, the FFL dealer, and pick up your item, you know, once you fill out the firearms transaction record. Right. Uh, so, Dave, you know, a lot of people ask about, you know, how are, you know, dealers. A lot of dealers are having issues with technology and the computer system. Right. Uh, we've, we've switched from paper forms as far as the 4473. Uh, so when it walks into the gun store, they want to pick up a firearm. We don't have them fill out the paper with you know actual paper and ink. We have them go to a computer. Uh, and COVID taught us that. We need to evolve and get a little faster and you know roll with technology. So how are dealers dealing with e-forms? You know, I, I think initially, with when eForms initially rolled out, and man, I'll, I'll actually say a lot of this was, was on us, right? So we had a very, it was a combination of ATF's rollout of eForms was very bumpy. It was about two, three weeks after it launched before most people could even create accounts. Mm. And then on top of that, we were having trouble bringing our system online in a way that would scale, right? So it was solidly into... Sheesh, I'd say February, March timeframe before we were submitting in any real volume. Even with that, in Q1 of this year, we successfully submitted a little over 100,000 form fours. Wow. So it's not like forms weren't being submitted. We were just, it was a rocky launch. Hold that thought, Dave. We're talking with Dave. He's the owner of Silencer Shop. We're talking about suppressors. We're talking about e-forms. We're talking about NFA items. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Coley on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cardell. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. 
Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, we're talking with Dave. He's the owner of Silencer Shop. We're talking about suppressors, silencers, e-forms. We're talking about NFA items. Uh, so, Dave, you were telling us about dealers and how, you know, how's everyone, all the FFL dealers dealing with e-forms and this new technology? You know, so I was kind of talking about the rough start of the whole process, but I, I think it, it got smoothed out, actually, I feel like, as well as it probably could have in the time we had. Um, I was just at a couple of dealers in uh, Sedalia, Missouri, about two weeks ago, hmm. and they were honestly doing great with it. You know, it's, I, I try to pop in and just kind of see how people are doing. And the complaints from the Q1 of this year have kind of dried up for the most part. Mm. Dealers are figuring out how e-forms work. Right. That certification process that ATF put in place where everybody has to have a PIN and a username and everybody has to remember it all, That's it's not ideal. Right. But we're doing the best we can to work through that. Yeah. Yeah, what I do is um, I, you know, call the customer up and I say, hey, uh, make sure you have your username and your four-digit PIN number. That's right. Uh, and then, you know, and as I log, start logging in, I said, you have that? Yes, I have it. Okay, you have it in front of you right now. Yes. And then it goes real quick. <laughs> That's right. You know, once they have that. Yep. Uh, and usually, there, you know, there's been a little, small little things like people will change emails. And so when they change that information, they don't put it on the form. So we have to go back and maybe update their email. And those are little, little things that I find that customers actually do some things wrong that we actually have to fix. But for the most part, it's smooth. I yeah, love it. it's working a lot better now. I feel like we're they're just cranking through. I mean, people seem happy with it, dealers, customers. So it's uh, it's really turned a corner oh, over yeah. the last six months. Oh, it's awesome. I love it. Uh, the fact that you know we've gotten so many uh, forms actually submitted and waiting for them to come back. I think we're sitting. We're waiting. Uh, they're working on March right now. Yeah, they're almost exactly seven months behind right really? now. Really? Wow. Okay. And then during the break, you were talking about reloading. You know, yeah. you're you're saying you know you. <laughs> You're, you go hunting, you know, and you were telling us, you know, what do you hunt? You know, this this year I've gone bear hunting, moose hunting, elk hunting, and pheasant hunting just in the last six weeks. My favorite hunt this year's favorite story, uh -oh. I actually went moose hunting, spent a week, worked my butt off in Maine, did not get a moose, mm. and then on the way back to the airport, hit one with the rental car. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Well, you got it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> wow. That's 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 unreal. And so you tell us about reloading. And so you like the reload. I love reloading. Why that. is that? Why? You know, for me, it's the, you know, it's you can relax. You know, it's the kind of the science of it. Just trying to get the precision, exact, you know, improved accuracy. I something about that just appeals to me. Right. It's not something you do to save money, mm. but if you enjoy reloading, then. It kind of becomes a hobby of its own. Well, you need a press, some scales. Pretty much, yeah. The the press and the dies, scales, you know, stuff like that will get you started. And a single-stage press, unless you're doing, like, for rifle ammo, I, I always use a single-stage. For mm -hmm. pistol ammo, I'll switch over to the, the um, progressive just because you just need too much volume, right? <laughs> 
But on the rifle, I always do single stage. So basically, when you shoot a bullet out of a rifle, for example, that casing expands to fill the headspace, right? That's right. And then the bullet comes out, and basically you take that spent cartridge and you have to press it so it goes back to its original size. You know, you down. You can do that if you're going to have it. If you're going to be shooting in multiple guns, then then you have to resize the entire case. Then you have to be smaller just to be in spec with all the right. guns. But if you're only shooting it in one gun, you actually get better accuracy if you just size the neck, so you can see it in your oh, bullet. So and the case will the last longer. The rest of the casing uh, fills the headspace yep. better. That's right. Yep, you don't get that play in there. You could you can control a lot of variables that you can't with factory ammo. So that makes it more accurate then, right? That's right. Oh, by wow. quite a bit actually. Wow. All right. And then, uh, so Dave, let's change gears a little bit. So why should people get a trust, you know, with their NFA item? You know, there are several good reasons to get a trust. The one that to me is the absolute, most people don't think about it, is possession. Mm. And and what you get is that, you know, the 23-year-old guy just came across some money, isn't married, thinks, oh, I'll never be married. (laughs) But we all know he is going to be married someday more than likely. And it's a, you need to be able to have possession. You need to be able to allow possession for anybody else in your life. So if somebody, once you are married, somebody breaks into your house, your wife's home alone, she uses the gun in self-defense with the suppressor, she's committing a felony if you're not, if you don't have a trust and she's not on it. So it's, it's a pretty big deal. And there's also inheritance. Inheritance is another big one. It makes inheritance simpler, Right. And but, some some people think they can. Well, I'll just put it in my will. Yeah, and you can do a, you can do a form five when you die. That does work. There's no tax, but it's just a hassle for your um, beneficiaries, gotcha. right? Whereas with the trust, all the hassle goes away because you know your your beneficiaries are already dealing with you dying, right? We're gonna assume they're sad, but it's a you know they're they're dealing with that. They'll be happy to get your suppressor. <laughs> yeah, <though>. that's right. <laughs> It's the possession, though, is the bigger deal that affects you when you're alive, right? Okay. And then what's what's the difference between, like, the single-shot trusts, you know, the NFA gun trusts? You know, in, in my opinion, that single shot is the way to buy a silencer. Hmm. Every time you buy one, you get a new trust that's assigned to that specific silencer, SBR, machine gun, whatever, right? And it's a... And then you can add trustees to it after it's approved so it's only your fingerprints only your photo only your background check to get wow. it approved okay you add other people on and then you go to buy another silencer two weeks later you just get another trust and it's still just you as soon as you add additional trustees to a trust every person on there has to get fingerprints photos all the whole shebang they have to be involved in you know, signatures and everything else, right? Mm, okay. So it simplifies the process and gives you a lot more flexibility. So single shot trust, $21.95, very cheap on, on South Shop's That's website. Right. Yep. Very cheap. And so if I do that, and then once I go ahead and pick up the item, then I can add people later. That's right. Wow. So these trusts are exclusive silencer shop. They are. Trust. Yep. Pretty ironclad legal documents, basically. Yep. They're, they're, they're tied into our system very tightly too. So they're, Honestly, it even you even get the benefits of registering as an individual because ATF doesn't want a lot of trustees when they're doing background checks. They prefer these one person trusts, right? Mm-hmm. So, and what do you, what do you do in a situation where the person hasn't picked it up yet from the gun store? They passed away, 
and they have it under single shot trust? You know, that's that's a good question. If they, you can actually write people onto a single shot trust after it's been approved, okay. and the the new person you write on can pick it up. Okay, but if you're dead, you can't do it. Yeah, that's something Ooh. I like. I said hadn't considered before. Wow. Yeah, we've had to deal with that uh, this year, but luckily this person actually had someone else named on the trust, and they were okay. able to pick it up. Yeah. So it wasn't in the situation of the single shot. So very sad situation. Now they went on vacation and actually drowned while while on vacation. Oh man, that's and, and we actually been contacting them, trying to call them for like two years, and so we're not even supposed to hold it that long. And so I was like, okay, we've I noticed we've had this thing a long time. It's like we gotta you know either cancel this trust or something you know cancel the tax stamp. You know, because that's an issue. So I finally got in touch with someone, realized his brother is also a regular customer in the shop. And so found out he's on the trust. He brought a copy of the trust and he was able to pick it up. So very sad situation. And, you know, we just didn't realize why we were, this was a regular customer. We didn't realize why we were unable to get in touch with him. Yeah. And so we, we found out. You, you get into those 12-month wait times and that kind of thing happens more often than you think. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Very sad situation. And it happens with just regular guns, too. Uh, things that people buy online and have it shipped to the shop. Uh, be surprised how really? often someone actually passes away and, and not pick up their item. I've had, you know, we've had guns since for like five years. Uh, no one picked them up, you know, call them and call them. And then we end up Googling, researching, and figure out that person passed away. Right. And we've had it for like five years. Yeah, so it does happen. It does happen. Um, so... You know, what's the, uh, you know, what is the ATF rule 2021R or 05F, which is the uh, the frame, the ATF frame or receiver rule? You know, what's up with that? A lot of people are asking about that. You know, it's, it, that is, in a lot of ways for the gun industry, a pretty horrible ruling, right? Mm. With them having to serialize different parts. ATF, just because of political pressure, is trying to, they're trying to prevent guns from the air, like the Air 15 from existing. All right, All right hold right. that thought real quick. I'm going to let you finish that on the other side of the break there. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talking. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talking. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we have Dave, the owner of Salger Shop, here inside the studio. And we're talking about the ATF Rule 2021-R-05F, the ATF Frame and Receiver Rule. So, Dave, you were kind of... You know, tell us about this. Yeah, it, and really, let me focus on the silencer aspect of it. Sure. I think, you know, right now, ATF is very, very focused, as crazy as this sounds, as a result of this ruling, they're focused on end caps. So they, you know, every silencer that comes with a potential end cap, they're treating that as a silencer part, and they're trying to get rid of the end caps, right, mm. as accessories, and they're linking it in with this ruling. I do think long-term... The ruling may actually be good for silencer owners. It, it's hard to tell. With ATF involved, it probably won't be. But as the as far as the silencer goes, if you could define a receiver that was part of your silencer, you kind of open the door to some modularity designs that just aren't currently possible mm. or weren't possible before this ruling. But this is all a little bit of speculation. Nothing is nothing has come of it yet, right? So as far as guns go, it is straight up a bad ruling. But with silencers, it's yet yet to be determined. Oh wow! Okay. And then you're asking Dave about um uh, his you know, work at the Capitol, you know, legislature, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So you're a lobbyist, right? You know, we 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 do a lot of lobbying. I'm not a lobbyist myself. <laughs> <laughs> a uh, lobbying connoisseur of stuff. yeah. There you go. <laughs> what do you uh, lobby for? You know, our our primary things that we focus on are Simplifying the NFA process, bringing down wait times. I really think that within the next few years, ATF wait times could be seven seven days, right? And I think once we get down to that to that time, it'll be like buying something on Amazon, and it'll no longer be a barrier to entry, right? Mm -hmm. I do think you know people tend to focus a lot on the Hearing Protection Act (HPA), just pulling them completely out of the NFA. The votes were never really there for that, as much as we all kind of wished they were. They, it, there was one point where it could have passed the House, but it was never going to pass the Senate. I think that if we if this market grows enough, call it over the next 10 years, I think something like that could potentially be possible. But in today's environment, there's there's just no way, right, that something like this is going to happen. So we have to focus on wait times and also keeping ATF kind of in check to some extent because they have – I don't know if you guys are familiar with the way they're shutting down dealers this year. Yes. it's we, We've been pretty actively involved in that and uh, just trying to help our dealers who are caught up in it. Right. Yeah. And we, we've we've actually filed a lawsuit against the uh, the ATF and the DOJ for that. Good. Uh, so we've you know, we got that in the works. And we're actually sitting in the Fifth Circuit right now. Uh, any day now, we're going to hear the results of, um, of the bump stock case, uh, which is really not about bump stocks at all. It's, it's This case is really about the ATF creating law. Chevron yeah. deference. That's correct. That's so, right. Yeah, it has nothing to do with bump stocks at all. It's just, you know, that one thing because, you know, we're talking about a federal agency, you know, whether it's EPA, any federal agency creating law, that's for, you know, Congress to do that. 
So we that's right. So we're right now. That's at the Fifth Circuit. Uh, Michael Cargill versus you know, uh, the uh, the DOJ. And so we should hear back from that like any day now. And I think it's going to look really good for us. Oh, I, you know, those bump stocks are crazy because they're almost no gun people like bump stocks, right? I mean, I would never own one. Not I for think, accuracy. Yeah, I no. think they're, they're sort of dumb. But having yeah. said that, I think the, the rule that ATF, like they tried to pretend it's a machine gun, that is a horrible ruling. And it, it needs to be struck down because they just, they're take, taking on, like you're saying, the ability to make law rather than enforce it. Right. And that's what Congress is for. Yep. All right. So um, you guys are doing something with like electronic 4473s. That's right. Uh, so you're helping dealers out with that. Yep. How's that work? So ATF just just put out a new rule. And I, most people don't realize that unless you watched, uh, what was it, uh, Red Dawn with the Wolverines, you right. know, the 4473s. That 4473, when you leave the dealer, doesn't actually go anywhere. That dealer just sits on that form for, for 20 years. ATF passed a new rule this year where now they have to sit on it forever. Ever. And, and this, whenever a gun store closes, they have to give all their records to the ATF, right? Or the FBI. You know, yes, and it was optional before, but now I think it's required. So basically, this is a de facto registry of sorts. It's, huh? And ATF claims that what they're doing is, well, we're not digitizing them, so it's not a registry. You know how easy it is to digitize that stuff? But regardless... It's a so what we're doing is you know forty four seventy three cloud kind of solves the problem that the dealers have of piles and piles of these forms. I mean, in some cases, warehouses full. Of them. Oh yes, I, I I used to have an office at Central Texas Gunworks. My office is now the file room. That's right. So I don't have an office anymore. <laughs> yeah, it it is a huge problem for dealers to sit on these forms forever, and uh, and forty four seventy three cloud solves that. It lets you store them digitally. Uh, in a way that's tamper tamper evident is what the technology is called secure. I mean, it's it's I think it's the future. Now, is this going to affect the old forms? Like, am I going to be able to scan in those old forms and send as, those to the cloud? As of right now, no. But I think okay. that is coming very soon. Really? Okay, good. Is that would cloud database work. accessible to law enforcement agencies? Not at all. Not at all. No. In fact, we we actually bent over backwards to make sure there was no access to that from anybody who shouldn't have access to it it's only to the dealer so the same as before if the atf calls and runs a trace you look it up and you give them the information but they don't have the ability to look it up themselves okay. right but we do know that all data on the internet goes through basically an nsa pipeline <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i don't know about that but, but they don't a... have direct access to it. <laughs> that's right unless they really need it so, like, right now, I'm kind of torn. I'm torn between, um, you know, changing my FFL and getting a new FFL just so I can turn in my old and, you know, canceling the current FFL so I can ship off the old forms. And I'm kind of torn between doing that. It's like, man, do I really want to send all those old forms, you know, to the ATF, to the government, you know, or is there a way I can, you know, s you know upload those forms and keep them, you know, digitally? Right. And I would definitely rather do that yeah. rather than ship them all off. No, it's the it's the more secure way because ATF isn't getting a hold of it. Correct. Right. But, man, I tell you that what dealers have to think of right now is with ATF opening up old audits yes. and then issuing revocations based on Ooh. old audit results, it's a resetting your FFL isn't such a bad idea. You right. Know, just so they're just looking for ways to shut you around, huh? That's what they're – they've done half as many audits this year 
and shut down, last I heard, is between five and 700% more dealers. And just simple little minor mistakes, such as... Typos. Yeah, yeah. Well, let, let's say on the form, the 4473, instead of putting the county, yeah. you put the country, U.S. That's right. And, you, and you've had 10 customers do that. Yep. Get, they'll shut you down. And then ATF, let's say they came in and did an audit, and you passed, and they just said, hey, don't do this again. Now they're reopening those audits from two or three years ago oh, and wow. saying, oh, never mind, we are terminating your FFL. So they're not shutting down based on new audits. They're shutting down based on old audits. And they oh, know that wow. you did something wrong in the old audits. So That's they right. can just say, oh, look at this audit. They did something wrong then. We can just bring that up. That's something right there. We yeah, so it's easier for them right now. And to everyone's, made, everyone's made mistakes. Everybody makes there's mistakes. There's no perfect – No, there's, there's no, you know, if, if we – and I said this, you know, once before, if we put the same guidelines to hospitals, you know, we would actually not have any hospitals at all in this country, you know? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. If you put the same guidelines to ATF's own records, you'd have no ATF. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Hey. <laughs> no, no, We no. know that'll never happen, though. That's right. <laughs> all right. So, uh, and Dave, uh, you were you were talking earlier about going hunting, and, and you were talking about the firearms that you, you know, you like to shoot with. What are some of your... Your favorite guns? You know, my overall favorite big game rifle is a 280 Ackley. Man, I, I love that thing. Just fantastic caliber. Um, but this year I was playing around with the new 8.6 Blackout, which mm. uh, Kevin Brittingham from Q has been pushing. And I got to tell you, for short range on big game, because of the twist rate in the right barrel, I don't know if you guys are aware, that's a one and three twist. One and three. So it's a 338 bullet with a one and three twist and almost all your energy is actually coming from the spin of the bullet rather than, than the velocity. Wow. It's a, and the wound channel from that thing is just crazy. It's I'm honestly, unlike anything I'd ever seen before. We shot a 420 pound black bear that just dropped, you know? Wow. Wow. And, and there's a question out there for you. Uh, someone said, you know, back to talking about the, the E forms and saving that stuff. Can the cloud be hacked? Can the cloud be hacked? Right. Uh, you know, there are multiple certifications. We keep it in a very, very secure, like, data center, essentially. But it's uh, the odds of it getting hacked with all the security measures in place are, are very, very low. Okay. I'm not going to say zero, but Anything's it possible. seems like zero, yeah. Anything's <laughs> possible nowadays. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Anything else going on with, with uh, Silencer Shop that we need to know about? You know, really, at uh Right now, we're – this year, I feel like we've really started to get a handle on some of our some of our processes, some of our user interfaces. Uh, next year, new certification process coming for eForms, which I think will be a big – I think a big win for everybody. Just simplify What are you trying to do with that? Man, I can't say. Oh, man. I'm sorry. It's really awesome, though. Almost made you tell. <laughs> Real close there. Almost made him slip it out. <laughs> so, yeah, we just moved into a new building. So we have, really? yep. So you're not on Burnett anymore? Uh, we're actually in two locations. We were in the 183, and that's still our storefront. Okay. But we have a new, essentially, headquarters building, 26,000 square feet on five acres. It's pretty awesome. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, because I, I, I used to make this joke. I was like, man, you guys are like the largest distributor when it comes to, you know, suppressors, and you're in a small little location as far as the, you know, the, the store storefront. I know, and yeah. that's still there. And it'll be there probably for the, I'd say close to another year, and then we'll shut that down. Shut that down. Yeah. Wow. Are you going to open a bigger storefront? That's the plan. Wow. We'll we'll have a kind of a. Now we don't sell P 
people can buy there, but they have to pick up at a local dealer. That's good. I right. Like that. Yeah. So it's a. That it helps it, out the dealer. That's right. But it is nice to have a place to come in and see everything. Some people like that. So we'll probably have a destination location in our new building. We haven't 100% decided yet. We could go at this point either way. We may have no storefront anymore, or we may have like a destination location. Right. right. Nice. Man, thank you, Dave. I really appreciate you coming on and, and giving us an update on all this stuff. I mean, we talked about e-forms. We talked about the NFA process. We've talked about, the, you know, tax stamps. Man, I, I, I love it. I, and I hope you guys are, you know, you go back and you play this again because this is a lot of good information. Thank you, Dave, from Salisbury Shop, sir. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Thanks. We come back from the break. We're going to go around the country and talk about the gun news. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hi, this is Stephen Williford, the Barefoot Defender. I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back, and let's talk about some gun news. Let's go around the country here. So if you don't know, it looks like the Dems, the Democrats are going to hold control of the U.S. Senate. Uh, it looks like the Republicans... President gonna, Harris and I... <laughs> the Republicans are going to uh, gain control of the House. So, you know, stuff is still going. Dallas is still being counted. You know, nothing's final yet. There's a runoff election for... A Georgia Senate race. It looks like everything else has been called. Um, and so, man, unfortunately, can't depend on Georgia. I think Georgia let us down anyway. So, but, you know, they have uh, uh, the vice president, which is that 51st vote. So that means that the Democrats will remain control of the Senate, you know, with the vice president's vote there. Uh, so we'll see how things go along now. Oh, come on, man. I know. I know. Well, you know, that's why elections are very important uh, and important for your gun rights. So now, uh, since we, you know, the pro-gun community could not get control of the Senate, um, you know, hopefully the pro-gun community can, you know, hold on control of the House. Uh, then that way we can stop any anti-gun legislation from being passed. Hell yes! You know, but if unfortunately, if we lose control of the House... Uh, then we're going to have to work it in the courts. And that's why these court cases that we're involved in are very important because we'll have to let the courts decide uh, on what goes on. Right? And so let's, you know what, let's talk about the news. 
let's let's stay in here in Austin, Texas. You know, I love Austin. It's a beautiful city, uh, capital of Texas. And unfortunately, we put the same people back in office. Hey, hey, hey! Same people, same city council, back in office again. And so, and what happened? A police officer was stabbed at an HEB in Austin. Police officer stabbed at an HEB in Austin just yesterday, okay, this past Saturday. Um, at 10.43 in the morning, you know, what in the world goes on so bad on a Saturday morning? Confrontations, you know, things are so heated that a police officer gets stabbed. And you got to think about that. You know, if... If a police officer can be stabbed and ha- and is you know goes to the hospital in an ambulance, in in uh, in serious you know with a serious injury there, imagine you the regular citizen. Uh, you know you might want to you might want to take your own personal safety in your own hands, because it's getting really crazy. Because we're looking at you know and I I, I will put my reputation on this. I'm willing to bet you that the person that stabbed this police officer. I will bet you that you're going to find out whether they release it or not. We'll find out, okay, that this person has been arrested several times and not charged or, you know, not been prosecuted or whatever uh, several times and is back out on the street. I'm willing to put my reputation on that. It's going to be a a repeat offender because that's, you know, those are the people that are committing these crimes, repeat offenders who are not actually being prosecuted like they should. And then Zach. You remember the, yeah. uh, uh, you remember the, uh, the bar that was burned down? Crowbar. The crowbar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the crowbar. Yeah. So crowbar, guy burned down allegedly burned down the crowbar. Yeah, it burned down some other spots too, didn't he? Uh, well, apparently, um, he tried to burn down the great outdoors. Oh. Allegedly, looks like the same person this past weekend. So this you know, past weekend, this past weekend, that is correct. So it's, it, it's the same. So I'm like, is this person in jail? No, he's not. He's no, out. Uh-uh. So back probably to, in jail for 24 hours, then released, and then released. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and then and I know how this is going to all play out. You know, the judge is going to say, hey, this person is not fit, you know, for for trial. They're they're not stable, so they're probably not going to prosecute at all, and it's going to be a ongoing continuation process, and they're never going to be processed. Uh, um, not not they're not going to be prosecuted for doing any of these alleged crimes. So we'll see. Uh, it's man, you it, and just so you know, when it comes to arson, doesn't matter if it's daytime or nighttime. Someone's committing arson, you can use force or daily force to stop that person. When it comes to property, you know you can definitely they're committing arson. They're committing arson, burglary, uh, robbery, aggravated robbery, theft during the nighttime, or criminal mischief at night. You can use force or daily force to stop them. So just keep that in mind because, uh, man, it doesn't look like the courts are going to help us out here in Austin, Texas. Criminal mischief at night, but not during the day. Criminal mischief at night, not during the daytime. And nighttime, you know, it's 30 minutes before, 30 minutes after sunset, sunrise. Mm-hmm. So just be careful of that. What time is it? Not yet. Wait a couple hours. <laughs> 30 minutes after sunrise and sunset. There you go. 30 minutes before sunset, 30 minutes. No, 30 minutes after sunset. 30 before sunrise, right? Yeah, there you go. All right, so, man, it's just insane. Um, and we put the same same people, same city council, same same type of – we're going to put the same type of mayor back in the office also. The mayor's race is in, in a runoff election, but you're going to have – you know, there's no choices 
when it comes to the people being protected. It's the DAs that are involved with this too, right? Yeah, that's right. The district attorney is not up for wasn't up for election this this term. My name is Jose Garza, and I'm humbled to be your district attorney. So we're gonna have to wait two years to try to get this person out of office, mm. but it's gonna be hard unless you know this. This is Austin, that blue dot. So the reality of it is, it's very hard. So you're gonna have to get you know a Democrat to actually unseat him, unfortunately. And then, man, 300 guns were stolen, Zach. From where? Man, not from you. No. no. Not, no. Uh -uh. So apparently, you know, let's see, where is this? Uh, India, Indianapolis. Uh, they're seeking an, an uptick in stolen guns. So people will walk by, look into a vehicle, and, and they see it. They'll go get it, according to the, uh, the Indianapolis Police Department there. So they recovered 329 guns, right? Yeah, so he's, yeah, so... 329 to be exact so far this year. Uh, we don't know where those... No, they don't know where they are. Those they recovered guns are 300. There have been 329 stolen. So, right. yeah. Their, their proactive unit, for example, so far have taken roughly 306 crime guns off the street. And to know that, you know, they've lost roughly 329 firearms from inside a vehicle is certainly alarming. And I try to remind people, you know, and this is a story out of Indianapolis, but this plays out in every major city in the, uh, in the country. You know, take, for example, Texas, when constitutional carry went into effect on September the 1st of 2021, on that day, uh, a lot of parking lots, shopping centers were hit. People were breaking into cars because all the media was talking about was you can carry a gun, you can, you don't need a license, and, every, and, and so people were breaking into cars looking for firearms. Uh, and so we try to remind people, you know, you know, late at night, when you drive home, you know, bring your gun out of your vehicle Take it out of your vehicle and bring it inside the house. Don't leave your gun in your vehicle overnight. That's all people do is break into cars at 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning uh, while you're sleeping, you're in that deep sleep, to try to get your firearm because that's what they're looking for. They're looking for guns. Right? So definitely take them out of the vehicle. And all those, you know, the, Zach, you know the 30.06 and 07 and 05 signs? You know what those say? Uh, they say that. They don't want you to carry a gun inside their establishment, right? No. Those signs say all the guns are in the vehicle in the parking lot, break into the vehicles in the parking lot. Well, those signs don't mean anything in terms of legality, right? You can still carry your gun in there. The uh, As long as you don't the see the store... sign. As far as, as a license holder, as long as, as a license holder, if you don't see the sign, you don't notice the sign, then you go in, they have to tell you verbally to leave. So if you say you didn't see the sign or notice it, if you didn't see they it, have to give you verbal warning to leave, and then you have to not leave and wait for the police to arrive. Right. What if they don't give you verbal warning? They just call the police, and then the police come up to you. They have to tell you in front of that police officer to leave. You refuse to leave. Then it becomes criminal trespass. So even if the police officer is there and they say, you need to leave. Leave. And if you leave, nothing happens. You're good to go. So those signs mean nothing. Yeah, as long Basically. as you didn't see the sign. You admit you saw the sign. Yeah, do not see the sign. All right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and there was, you know, uh, last weekend, uh, downtown, what was that, a 512 bar on 6th Street called the 512? Someone was beat to a pulp inside the bar. Inside the bar. Inside the bar. So I, I took a look at their liquor license. I went to the TABC's website. I pulled up the 512 bar there on 6th Street, and they are a blue. They're a restaurant. They're not a bar. So as a restaurant, they're supposed to post a 3.06, 3.07 sign. 
to keep license holders from carrying um, and if they don't want them to carry, and a 30.05 sign or some other similar sign to keep constitutional carry people from carrying because they're a restaurant, not a bar, because they changed their liquor license uh, during COVID, and they haven't changed their liquor license back. So, you know, but what if I'm a license holder, Zach? I'm a license holder, and I walk into 512, mm-hmm. and I don't see the 06 or the 07 sign as a license holder because their liquor license on the TABC's website says they're a restaurant. I didn't see the sign. So can I go in? Yes. Yes, they absolutely. They need to give you verbal warning to leave. So they have to notice that I'm not carrying a gun. They have noticed I'm carrying a gun. And if I do a good job of concealing my gun, then what? Then they never know. Yeah. So I go in. I Can I sit, can I sit down at the bar? Yeah. Yeah, I can sit down at the bar uh, and, and carry my firearm because I didn't see the sign, didn't notice the sign. Um, can I have a drink? If you're a license holder, yes. As a, that's right. As a license holder, I can have a drink and I can be at least, I, can, I, I need to stay under that .08. And if you don't have a license, then you cannot have a drink. If you don't have a license, you are committing a crime. You cannot be intoxicated at all. And if you are caught intoxicated with a weapon, anything above 0.00, then that is a firearms charge, isn't it? That's right. And, and a lot of, man, we come back, we're gonna, I'm going to show you. I want to show you uh, the unlawfully carrying weapon stats here in Texas. We're going to go to the DPS's website, and we're going to pull up their website and show you what it says for 2020 for unlawful carrying a weapon um, convictions in Texas, and then we're going to go to 2021. Because in 2021, uh, constitutional carry went into effect on September, so that September, October, November, December, that those four months, we're going to look at those numbers and see what they say. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace. This is Maj Touray. You're listening to Common Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're talking about conviction rates in the state of Texas. So a lot of people don't know this. But the conviction rate for unlawful carrying a weapon have actually gone up dramatically in Texas. Um, 20, you know, 2018, 19, 20 was pretty consistent. And then in 2021, after constitutional carry went into effect, it actually shot up greatly because, you know, everyone's all excited about constitutional carry, which you should be, you know, but you need to be responsible. You need to find out what the laws are. Find out where you can, where you cannot take a firearm. Find out, you know, when you can legally, you know, threaten someone with a gun. We can legally shoot a gun, discharge it. You got to find out use of force and daily force. Uh, talk about conflict resolution, how to calm those situations down. And people did not do that. So let's take a look at 2020. For the year 2020 in the state of Texas, um, you had unlawfully carrying a weapon. There were actually 1,049 convictions for unlawfully carrying a weapon. Uh, for people who didn't have a license and decide to carry, but carry in the wrong place. We're talking convictions here. We're not talking about arrests. We're not talking about uh, 
where it was, you know, it was dismissed. We're talking straight convictions, not talking about charges or any of that, any of that stuff. And then let's go over to 2021. So in 2021, constitutional care went into effect on September the 1st of 2021. So then it jumped up dramatically. And you're talking September, October, November, December. We're talking constitutional care went into effect, was only in effect for four months. And consistently from 2018, 19, it was very consistent. But then in 2021, it jumped up dramatically to almost 7,000 convictions. You're talking 6,924 convictions for people who carried in the wrong place and made a mistake. And guess what? That number is extremely even higher for 2022. Even higher than that. And so a lot of people are, you're, you're, you're rightfully so. You should be excited about constitutional carry. It's a right that you, you know, we all should have. But we got to be responsible. Got to find out what the laws are. Take a class and learn the laws. Don't assume something. Don't get your information from social media. You got to find out what the laws are and know what you can and cannot do. Because a firearm is a great responsibility. And when you're carrying a gun, you need to know what the laws are. Because if you do not, if you discharge that firearm and you're not supposed to, guess what? Even if you're even if you're justified, even if you're justified, you're possibly looking at paying $20,000 to defend yourself just before the grand jury. Because you're going to be fingerprinted, booked, spend night jail, debate yourself in jail, have to hire an attorney. And if you don't have 20 grand, you're that 6,924 people who got a straight conviction. So get your butt in class and learn what the laws are. You're carrying a gun, learn the laws. Don't get convicted. Because once you get in trouble, there's nothing I can do. We get these phone calls every single week of someone who's done something, who's done something, and they want our help. There's nothing we can do for you. We are not attorneys. I cannot help you. I can only help you in class. You come to class before something happens, we can talk it out and talk about the, you know, what you should, what you shouldn't do. But once it happens and you're charged, there's nothing I can do. You got to call an attorney. I'm not an attorney. I cannot give you legal advice. I cannot stress that enough. So, and and like I said, 2022, when those numbers come out, and you're gonna see, I guarantee you, after this this airs this week, when we post the clips of this show. You're going to see some reporters run this story. They're going to talk about, wow, the conviction rates. And they're going to get the new numbers of 2022. Just watch what I just watch and see. Uh, it's like reading into the future. <laughs> All right. So, man, Zach, let's go. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what we're going to talk about. Let's go to Maine. Go to Maine. Over in let's Maine. Go. All right. So a 75-year-old man was in custody, accused of holding his wife hostage with a gun inside their home. In Maine, this happened on Friday. Police arrived around at the home around 12:10 p.m. after receiving a tip from a citizen about the incident. And so, the police arrived. They formed a perimeter. They, they talked to the guy. Finally, convinced him to come out peacefully. And the man was taken to a medical facility for a mental health evaluation. The reason I'm talking about this story is because we know of people that are in the family. In your family, your household, you know, one of your, maybe not in your household, but they're a close relative that are having some type of issues. You, we have to step up. I've had, you know, I've had someone in my family very close to me have an issue, you know, 
maybe mix some medication, maybe three or four medications from the doctor. They didn't mix right, you know, giving this person maybe hallucinations and things of that nature. And so we had to remove the guns from the home, get them to voluntarily go into a facility, get the drugs, the medication out of their system, and then get them to, you know, level out and back to normal. And then about six months, you know, boom, gave them their guns back. We, as, as family members, that is our responsibility to do that. I didn't, we don't get law enforcement involved. I'm not calling the police to my house. I don't need the police to come to my house unless I need the coroner. <laughs> and then that's the difference. You know, I'm not calling the police. You know, not calling, uh, uh, you know, that's, you know, we as family need to get involved in our, in, in our family. If you love your loved ones, get them some help they, that they need, that you know something is wrong with them. And so we can fix a lot of these issues. Don't let it uh, make it into a news story. Don't let it make it into, you know, someone in the family dying, being shot. You know, we have to step up to the plate and take responsibility for our loved ones and get them some help and get them some assistance. And we can do that without calling law enforcement. You know, you get them to voluntarily go into a facility, you know, to get, you know, whatever it is, level out, get it fixed, work it through, and then, you know, eventually get their, their firearms back. You know, you can, and we do that all the time at the gun store. We have people all the time. We have a storage facility where we store firearms here, you know, at the gun store. And if a person's going through, you know, tough times, they're going through some troubling issues, we hold onto those guns. And then once those issues are worked out, they come back into the gun store. They got to fill out, you know, make them fill out a firearms transaction record to make sure they can pass a background check and get the guns back. You know, that's what we do. Uh, so, and we, we've got to step up to the plate as family, as gun owners, and, and be a little more responsible when it comes to that because I don't want legislation. I don't want some law, some rule. You know, we're losing control. We're getting the anti-gun community has gained control of the Senate. And if we lose control of the House, the control of the White House, and we're going to have some gun control laws come down if we don't hold on to the House. So and we'll see what happens in two years because now we have to wait two years. For the next election to see what's going to happen with the Senate and the House, okay, and also the White House. So you know, it's it's we've got to step up to the plate, Zach. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. All right, and then man, let's go to Oregon. What happened in Oregon? Oh no, we don't want to go there. You don't well, go to Oregon? Is it bad? They just passed the strictest gun control measures. In the country. Oh, no. Measure 114. Was this on the ballot? Yeah. Oh, no. So the people voted it in. 51% to 49% so far. Oh, wow. They're expecting it to pass. They haven't all uh, been tallied, the votes. But the ones that have not are in uh, counties that all heavily favor the measure. Oh, wow. So this measure. What does it do? uh, Requires people who live in Oregon to obtain a permit to buy a gun after completing a firearm safety course and would ban the sale or transfer of magazines that hold more than 10 rounds. So similar to that Washington. Uh, so you won't be able to own a, have a magazine that uh, yeah, more, more than 10 no rounds? No more than 10 rounds. Wow. Okay. And this is all pri- private sales as well? Um, uh Let's see. It would close the so-called Charleston loophole by requiring state police to complete full background checks on buyers with permits before any gun sale or transfer. So you got to do the background check even if you have a license? 
Under federal law now, firearms dealers can sell guns without a completed background check if the check takes longer than three days. Right. So, yeah. So, if a person is delayed. So, there's – okay. So, it sounds like what they're saying is if a person is delayed for three business days, we can transfer the firearm to them now. But they're saying in Oregon, you have to wait until you get a proceed before you can transfer the firearm. Well, that's the NICS. That's the federal database, right? Right, right. So, this is saying – it requires state police to complete full background checks on buyers wow. with permits before with the... any gun sale or transfer. So even if they have a license and they've gone through the background check system, they still want them to get a background check. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's... State police background check. That's crazy. That's, that's a waste of manpower. You already yeah. have a license. If you do something, you're going to lose that license. It'll be suspended or revoked if you do do something mm -hmm. once you have the license. That's, that's really silly, and that's a waste of manpower there. Uh, Oregon. Bad Oregon. Bad. Bad Oregon. Bad. Shame. Shame. Very shameful. Shame. <laughs> All right. We come back from the break. Uh, we're going to go to shame. Shame. <laughs> we're going go to go to Connecticut. Uh, and we're going to talk about a gun hidden in a chicken at the airport. What is up? A gun hidden in a chicken at the airport. That's terrible. Ah, man. And then also... We have some letters, Zach. We're going to talk about those letters. Have oh, you yeah. read? We got some I mail. I got my first letter. Yeah, you got yes. mail. You got mail. <laughs> I got mail. Yay. Hey. Yay. Yes, you I got, got mail. You I got mail. <laughs> all right, we're going to talk about all that stuff. We come back from the break. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hey, this is AWR Hawkins, Breitbart News, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. You got mail. <laughs> All right. Zach, you got Yay, some mail. I got mail. Yay. <laughs> I got mail. I got Yay. mail. Yay. Yay. Oh, my goodness. Zach's got some mail. Did you have that one just waiting for me? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, Zach, what's in the mail there? What do we have? Uh, well, uh... A lot of stuff from the Epic Times. It's all fake news. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so uh, it's clippings from basically is printed paper. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love yeah. it. I love it. I love Got my... them uh, addressed to the gun shop with no return address. Yeah. And my name written on the side. Yeah. Uh -huh. I was like, Zach. Yeah. All right, and so what we it got? Says, Zach, thanks for reading the article last week on the air. Nice. It's interesting, isn't it? How upset liberals get when a small sample of their bad policies come to their hometown mm. with no regard to damage they've created for Texas. Shut your mouth. Yeah. Isn't it only right they should share the responsibility? After all, they created it. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, there's a clipping about a Missouri police chief that resigns over new Second Amendment bill. Oh, wow. Philip really? Dupuy, police chief of O'Fallon, Missouri, has resigned over a new bill in the state that bars officers from entering or attempting to enforce federal laws that infringe on Second Amendment rights. Well, 
Don't let the doorknob hit you with the good Lord split you. Oh, wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. See ya. Uh, in a statement to news outlets, Dupuy said, The problem with this statute is the poorly worded language that removes sovereign immunity and appears to allow law enforcement agencies and individual police officers to be sued for even good faith justified seizures of firearms in emergency circumstances. Well, I guess you better not do it then, huh? Bye. Bye, Bye Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Adios, mofo. <laughs> also, a clipping about a new policy that requires firearms dealers to disclose buyer data to the government, uh, buyer addresses for each denied or failed transaction, which you've gone over a few times, right? Mm-hmm. Which you'll have to do. That's right. As a gun dealer, if anyone is denied or delayed, then you have to relay that information to yep. the FBI. Yeah, so their address gets released to the FBI and to it gets put in the system where every law enforcement agency in the country knows that they were delayed or denied. And people get denied just because they have the same name as some other person. False positives. Right? That's right. False positives. Happens all the time. All the time. Happens all the time. The majority of my customers that are denied, if they actually, when they go through the appeal process, they actually get it cleared up, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You know, they get it fixed because it's usually some type of mistake. But they're still on these databases, I'm sure. Boom, you're still getting hit. So that's why it's better that you get your life security handgun so there's no contacting, you know, you know, there's no giving your information to the federal government at all. And to law we don't give your information to law enforcement unless that gun is stolen or used in a crime. Or if you buy two handguns of more in a five day period or two rifles of more than a five day period. Yep. Then they have to contact your local LEO or sheriff, right? That's right. Then it's faxed, it gets sent in pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Right. And then what are the other st- what are the clippings there? Um, another article about uh, it's titled "Gun Control in Tough Spot in Increasingly Well Armed America." Ooh, what is that? Any about? proposition to disarm Americans is a quote pipe dream, says a former federal prosecutor. As new gun owners drive the market, mm. you see a lot of uh, first time gun owners at the shop, first time buyers. A lot. You know, we get, and that's what we're getting in the firearm safety course. You know, a combination of mm-hmm. first-time buyers and, oops, I got charged with unlawful carrying a weapon. I got to take a firearm safety course. So, <laughs> a yeah, com- so I teach that. That's and... what you do. You do a got an outstanding job. Outstanding yeah, that's job. Fun. Yeah, it's a good class to teach. You know, just go over the basics and range, I... leader, snow or freezing, uh-huh. like it was or today. It's Forty-four degrees, which is freezing in Texas, <laughs> which is you know we're one inch from death. It was great weather today. Apparently, because a lot of people had wanted to reschedule because it's like it's too cold. I don't want to get out of bed. It's only gonna get colder. Yeah, no. I guess they have to get used to the cold, acclimated to it. They didn't want to get out of bed this morning. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because of the UT loss last night. Oh. Lost to TCU 17-10. Oh. The TCU's 10 and 0 now. Woo! Yeah. Well. And my niece goes there. Uh T-U. Mm-hmm. She's all of a sudden into football. Don't you guys call it, you guys call it T-U or something? T-U? Texas? Yeah, Tech, because you're Texas Tech. So you guys T-T-U. call it them... T-U. No, you no guys... it's another college. It's A&M. They call UT T-U because they say A&M was the original Texas college. Oh, okay. Or university. Gotcha. Instead of calling them UT, T-U. Yeah, I knew a guy in high school that used to say that about UT. Really? Because he's a huge, you know. Texas A&M uh, fan? Well, he wanted to go there, and he did. So, mm. yeah, even before he was going to college there, he was already uh, educating me on that. 
I learned that quite some time ago. I like Texas Tech, and I like the Texas Tech colors. Red and black? I love that yeah, red and black. That's right. <laughs> That's your colors. Yes, I love that red and black. Texas That's great. Tech. They have a very good color scheme. They sure do. Better than burnt orange, I'd say. Yeah, Rate of rationale. <laughs> All right, so next story. <laughs> uh, next story. At-risk youths find direction in a community marching band. What? In Palm Beach County, Florida. Wow, Florida. Hey. How does this work out? Uh, it's working out pretty well. Okay. Uh, most of these kids are accustomed to being left behind, and mm. I want to be the one that gives them a sense of hope, says Antoine Miller, founder of Sounds of Success. Yeah, it's not, it's not like being in a, milita- uh, in, in, in a band, you know, concert band, marching band. You were you know, in one, weren't I you? I was. I was a musician. Play the tuba. Tuba, trumpet, and trombone. Tuba, right. trumpet, trombone. That's right. Love, yeah, Three T's. That's right. T-T-T. That's right. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Love. I, I know more about music than I do anything else. And so he used to teach all the, the Marines, the Navy, and the Army how to march in a military-style band at the Armed Forces School of Music. I was an instructor there for, wow. for a couple of years. So I enjoyed that. Uh, that was probably the highlight of my military career, you know, being at the Armed Forces School of Music and, you know, teaching them how to march and doing, doing one of the major change of commands for the, you know, for the, uh, the academy, for the school there. And I remember the, uh, the new commandant, uh, the commander of the school came over afterwards and like you know patted me on the back, like man, you know that was an out that was one of the best performances he's you know ever seen. You know the band, you know how we actually use dynamics, you know in the marching band, <laughs> you know where we you know not just play loud music, we actually brought it down a little bit and you know play the dynamics of the actual march. So he loved that. It was great. I love man. That was like one of the highlights of my. I can just talk forever about music. Yeah, so this uh, organization in Palm Beach County, Florida, is uh, you know helping keep kids off of the uh, the life of crime. Nice. So that's good. I mean, anything that uh, helps at-risk youths, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so this guy was born, and basically he says the projects or the hood of Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> the hood of Fort Lauderdale. Uh, that's and- where I'm from. Yeah, a lot of violence there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you would know. Didn't you go fishing one time? Was that in Fort Lauderdale? Yeah, that was in Fort Lauderdale. Went fishing for uh-huh. the first time with my, my dad, <laughs> and I pulled out a dead body. Oh. Never been fishing since. <laughs> not me. You're I would not, have never gone back You're to not going to get me on the lake. I'm traumatized. I'm telling uh-huh. you right now. Yeah. Even still today, I'm traumatized. For good reason. That's right. <laughs> so apparently that's uh you know high drug area. Violence was high. Domestic violence was high, this guy says. Lots of drugs and gangs. Um, this guy never got involved with either. He says he escaped those traps through music. Mm. And he joined the marching band in sixth grade. Um, and then one night his friends uh, wanted to go out and kind of get in trouble. He was hanging with a girl he knew who encouraged him not to go, so he didn't. Later that night they were arrested. And then... That was his uh, turning point that kind of uh, led him down the road of starting this organization. And uh, so he made this happen, and it sounds like he's doing a lot of positive stuff for the at-risk youths in Flotterdale. All right. Let's go to Connecticut real quick. Uh, so in Connecticut, uh, they're worried that a, you know, a uh, – a gun law is going to be struck down. So an old, uh, three-decade-old ban on semi-automatic weapons is going to be struck down. They think it's at a real risk there. 
uh, they're worried about a judge, you know, uh, doing an order to temporarily lift the ban. And so they're having a hissy fit over in uh, Connecticut there. They're banning semi-automatic weapons? So they're uh, some type of ban that they have for semi-automatics. They're lifting the ban? Yeah, and then, yes, there's, there's a lawsuit that's been filed against uh, with a Colorado organization. And so the state of Connecticut is worried that the judge is going to temporarily lift the type of ban that they ha- actually have. Semi-automatic weapons are the vast majority of all guns. Pretty much all pistols. That's right. Most yeah. rifles, other than bolt action. And the last one is Florida. TSA checkpoint. You know, it's always got to be at the airport <laughs> where a gun was found inside a raw chicken at an airport security checkpoint. Uh, the plot chickens. The Transportation <laughs> Security Administration posted this week on Instagram after someone at the agency put on their punny pants and called attention to the best of time that is stuffing a bird with a firearm. Boy, I tell you, we'll try anything. That's anything. a great gun case, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, in a chicken. I tell you what, you know, as always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.